Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Can I hear Merry Christmas? I want to welcome you to our series, The Gift. And uh, tonight, I really want to talk to you about the gift of influence. Um, each person in this room, good to have you, one of our worship team members, uh, each very influential. Uh, you are influential in one way or another. You may not think that, but God expects you to use your gift of influence to help other people. And and you might be like, influence? Like, what do you mean influence? Uh, Let me tell you what it's not, okay? Influence is not fame. You could be very famous and still not be influential. Um, There are a lot of celebrities that are well-known. Everyone knows Paula Abdul. Nobody cares what she thinks. Uh, No one wants to hear about that. Uh, Influence is also not wealth. So don't confuse influence with affluence. You can have a lot of money, be famous, and and not influential. A-Rod, rich famous, not influential. So what is influence? Influence, by definition, is an emanation of spiritual or moral force. That's what Webster says, and and that kind of doesn't necessarily help you clarify it. But there's another one. Cambridge says the power to affect how someone else thinks, acts, or behaves. And by that definition, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. You have influence. You could be a teacher. You have influence. You could be a stay-at-home mom. You have influence. You could just be a student. You have other friends and peers in the classroom. You have influence. Every person has a sphere of influence. And guess what? God expects you to use it. One of the great questions of life, honestly, is a question that God asked Moses in the book of Exodus chapter 4. I want to invite you to take your Bible, turn there with me. It's on page 41, and I want to ground us here before we get going. Um, Even if you don't know the Old Testament, you're familiar with, with the story of Moses, if you've watched the Ten Commandments on PBS, who's seen it? It's kind of on around the holidays. Uh, at this moment, Moses was a fugitive on the run. He was actually running from God and from Egypt. And he took a job out in the desert as a, anybody? Shepherd, yeah. Out in the desert, he comes upon this burning bush, and God starts talking to him, and he asks him what is one of the most profound and important great questions of life. In Exodus 4.2, it says, The Lord said to Moses, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. And the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Just stop right there. And you have to ask, like, why did God ask Moses what's in your hand? Didn't he already know? Of course he did. I want to give you a hint. Whenever God asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. It's for your benefit. God already knows the answer, but he asked Moses, what's in your hand because of what that staff symbolized? He says, I want you to throw that staff on the ground, and what's it turn into? Do you remember this? A snake, right? Yeah, something that was dead becomes alive. A a dead piece of wood becomes this living, breathing thing. As soon as he lets go of it, it's actually filled with power. And then God says, I want you to pick up the snake. And what happens next? Charlton Heston leans down. He picks up the, he picks it up, right? And, And the snake becomes a staff again. In other words, the moment he takes it into his hands again, it dies. Now, why in the world did God do that? Just to show off? No. God never does a miracle just to show off. There's always a lesson. There's always a point, a spiritual principle or truth behind it. So when he asked Moses, what's in your hand? He knew every shepherd carried a staff. It's it's just that, you know, a wooden stick. But a shepherd's staff represented really three things in the life of Moses. The first thing it represented was his identity. I mean, that's the symbol of being a shepherd, right? Kind of a a staff. It's a symbol of his career, his job, his ministry, his work. It's a symbol of his identity. The second thing it's a symbol of is his income. Because all that Moses owned was tied up in his sheep. He didn't have a bank account, no ATM. All Moses owned was invested in his flock. And it represented his income or his livelihood. And the third thing it represented was his 
influence. In other words, what do you use a staff for? You, ever, ever, you know this? A shepherd uses a staff to move his sheep along, to get them from point A to point B, either by hook or by crook. You either poke them or you pull them, right? And the staff symbolized his influence as a shepherd over his flock. So when God says, what's in your hand, Moses? And he says, a staff. It represents his identity, his income, and his influence. Now catch this. When God says, Moses, I want you to lay down what's in your hand. He's essentially saying, if you will let go of your identity, if you will let go of your income, if you will lay down your influence and give it over to me, I will make this thing come to life. I will empower it. And I will do miraculous things through it. Things that you have never even imagined, probably. Think about this. From this moment on in the Bible, this, it's never referred to as the staff of Moses from here on out. It's called the rod of God. From that moment on in the Bible, God's power flows through Moses' staff, and that's how he performs all of these miracles. It's the rod of God he raises up and he parts the Red Sea. It's the rod of God that turns the Nile to blood. The rod of God that leads Israelites out of Egypt after 400 years of slavery. The rod of God, he hits the rock and water comes out, and never again it's called Moses' staff since he opens his hands and he lets it go. The rod of God. And all of a sudden, what was simple and ordinary in Moses' hands... God's used to perform miracles and change the course of history. That's influence. Here's the point. Because Moses realized what he had in his hand, his identity, his income, his influence, because Moses let go of it and laid it down and said, God, use it. God used that as a tool to change the world. Things in Moses' life were never the same again. He became one of the most influential leaders in all of human history. Now, if you're sitting here wondering, but how in the world do I have any influence? I believe God wants to ask you the same question today. What is in your hand? See, the issue is not, are you an influence? The issue is, what kind of influence are you? Jesus commands that we use our influence for good in this world. You weren't put on this earth, newsflash, to live for yourself. Someday we are all going to give account to God how well we influenced others for good and for God. And as your pastor, I'm here to prepare you for that day, okay? And so today, I want to give you a vision for what it means to be influential this Christmas. What's it look like in a real-time way? And I want to begin by reminding some of you just how influential you and this church have been over this past year. So we're going to press rewind for a moment and take a look back. But then, I want to hit the fast-forward button. And I want to take a sneak peek at the kind of influence we're hoping to have as a church in 2010. So first, the rewind. This year, the influence many of you have had on the lives of people across the world is truly incredible. It's remarkable. Um, Most of you are familiar with our clean water efforts in sub-Saharan Africa. It's kind of the passion and the signature cause of our liquid church. But this did not come fully alive for me until I saw it with my own eyes. What was the most influential moment in my life this past year? Let me show you.
Hey, I'm here in the village of Kabero Washa. That's in actually northern Ethiopia in the Anhara region. And this is where one of the liquid wells was dug because you guys sacrificed to save lives in Africa. There's a whole generation in this village who's enjoying clean drinking water. It's not just health, it's celebration because it's bringing life to a whole generation of villagers. How exciting is that? Oh boy, yeah. Okay. All right, all for Jesus. Now when we celebrate in Africa, it's a different thing here. You got to blow the horn. I'm going to bring a little East Coast flavor here to Ethiopia. Check it. Watch out. Now, this is called, I don't know if you've seen this, this is hammer time. Happiness. Happiness. They're singing happiness because they're so pleased that they now have fresh water in this village. Awesome job, guys. That's Liquid Church sending God's love all the way across the world. Influence all the way from the heart of Africa on the other side of the world to the heart of Africa. Apologies to Webster's, but according to the Bible, true influence is a willingness to get dirty and serve others in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus was the one who first introduced the idea of getting dirty and serving others when he took up a basin and a towel in his hands and he stooped to wash the feet of the disciples. Jesus was the most influential man in human history, and that is because he came as a servant. As we said, anyone who, who leads or wants to influence others, he does so by actually getting up dirty, getting close and getting dirty and serving the least and the last. And that's really what you guys have done in an incredible way over this past year. You have gotten dirty and sacrificed to bring clean water to the poorest of the poor in Africa in Christ's name. I've showed you guys a picture of what I, who I believe is the most influential person in our church. It's not me. You may be tired of her photo, I'm not. Her name is Rez, she's four years old, and she has changed our church for good, literally. Because when we first saw her on this dirt road in Ethiopia, in her hands was this nasty bottle of water you see in the picture there. She'd take a sip, swallow, vomit, swallow, vomit, swallow, vomit. Why? Because it was so dirty, contaminated, and nobody was doing anything about it. Because that's considered normal in the village where she lives in Ethiopia. From birth, normal cramps, diarrhea, chronic dysentery. In New Jersey, where we're from, you turn on the top, water comes right out. But this is the pond that the women in her village get the water she's drinking. Can you imagine? The reason she has become the most influential person in our church is because God has used her to break our heart over the last year. Perhaps more than anybody else, our brothers and sisters in Africa have taught us what it means to get dirty in the literal sense of the word. 
So this is a traditional water source in this Ethiopian village. And it's pretty amazing. If you take a look at this, this is actually the runoff from the mountain, but it's filled with algae and contamination. In fact, this is where most of the cows and the livestock actually graze in, in fact, often go to the bathroom. So a lot of this water is mixed with cow or horse urine and other contaminants. And when they draw their water from it, they just put it in yellow jerry cans and drink it straight off. The result is tremendous stomach cramps, uh, parasites. It's devastating. That's why clean water changes everything. So at a traditional water source like this, a lot of times the women will use their skirt and actually use that to filter out the water and the leeches. There's a lot of leeches in here, but even some of the small leeches can make it through. You know, in New Jersey, we want water. You walk into the other room, you turn on the faucet, and it comes right out of the tap, and it's chlorinated and it's clean. Not to put too fine a point on it, but can you imagine drinking this every day? Let's do more than imagine it. Let's take a sip ourselves. Reach under your seat, and there is a bottle of dirty water. Go ahead. Reach under your seat. Pull it out. Let's get dirty. Some of you are like, wait a minute. Is this from the Meadowlands? Take it out. Pop the top off. Go ahead. Take it. Let's say cheers together on three. One, two, three. Cheers. Let's get dirty. Mmm. Oh, that's refreshing right there. If you're new, you are freaking out. You're like, is this Jim Jones? We're drinking the Kool-Aid. What's happening here, right? It's kind of a weird moment. If you've been here a while, you're like, wait a minute, I know what this is, dirty water. It's a big deal. You don't hear about it in the news, but it's a humanitarian crisis. The numbers themselves are staggering because right now over a billion people on the planet lack access to clean drinking water. And to put that in perspective, that's one in six of us. So look down your rogo, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, sorry, Chris, too bad. This is what you get. And this is what those jerry cans are for. In the States, what do we use these for? We put diesel gas in them, but in Africa, they're used by the women actually to, to, to fetch dirty water. In Ethiopia, the girls get up while it's still dark. They usually walk three to six hours every way to draw nasty water from sources like this. This is what a traditional water source looks like. They share it with cows, hyenas, livestock, whose urine and feces just kind of make the water toxic and just plain nasty. And yet this is what they drink day after day, week after week, year after year. 80% of all disease is caused by dirty water and lack of sanitation. Like most tragedies, obviously, it's the kids who suffer the most. This is a picture of a boy named Alfred. Take a look at him. He was drawing from this water source in his village. If you look at his feet, they're a bit large. And that's because they're full of worms, which will eventually move to his heart and shut it down. Cheers, right? We all know that where you live should not determine whether you live. But it does, doesn't it? It does. That's the reality. And that's when you guys said, we have to do something about this. That's literally when we discovered a very simple solution that has nothing to do with magic pills or government programs, but it's a simple willingness to get dirty. To use our income and our influence to give a cup of clean water to the poorest of the poor in Christ's name. So without having planned or budgeted for it this year, we decided to start building clean water wells in Africa. And when I saw them, my own eyes, this past April, it's hard to describe the influence it had on me.
Hey guys, I'm here today in northern Ethiopia in the Amhara region in a village called Alela. And we have just brought spring, clean spring water here. It's actually been here forever, but this was once a muddy kind of like swamp where actually the livestock and the people would get the same from the same water source and you'd have cross-contamination. But now you'll see it's concrete, which you think not much better, but it's a big deal because this now is actually where they capture the runoff from the mountain. And if you take a look here, it actually gathers it and sends it through a pipe to a tap station right here over my right shoulder. That's what everybody is celebrating because when clean water comes to a village, it changes everything. Come on, check this out. You're going to be amazed. So this is actually the tap station where actually all the water is collected and then the villagers are able to come and for the first time in a generation, clean water. You can drink this baby straight out of the mountain spring that it's in and now it'll be protected for hopefully 20 or 30 years before we have to revisit the project. But this is literally bringing living water to a thirsty generation on the other side of the world. Thanks, you guys, for all your help. Awesome. Now, here's the cool thing about the culture of Ethiopia. This is a culture that loves to celebrate. And one of the things is when we bring clean water to a village, it's party time. Most of the people in northern Amhara are Orthodox Christian. So it was an honor to share with our brothers and sisters in Christ's name. Uh, Jesus says when we serve each other, it's like serving him. So it is truly a blessing to bring clean water to your village. <laughs> so thank you for having us. We call you our brothers and sisters in Christ. And it is just an honor. And we love you guys. And just thank you so much for the privilege of spending this time in your village and having us here. Thank you for the hospitality. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. The impact of clean water can't be understated. Not only does it eliminate disease, but it changes the entire social order. In one village, there was an entire group of young girls who were now able to attend school each day because they had a well. Previously, the girls had to walk four to six hours a day to fetch water from a nearby muddy spring. But now that a well was in their village, they didn't have to carry those jerry cans back and forth and were able to go to school. That's how poverty works disease, lack of education, it's all connected. And clean water is part of the solution. That's why our church, we keep it actually very, very simple when take Jesus literally. Imagine that. Where he says in Matthew, if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he's my disciple, I tell you the truth, what? He will certainly not lose his reward. Imagine taking the Bible literally. Can you imagine? The results were startling because suddenly our small little sacrifice sprang to life in our hands. Imagine that. Disease rates we saw cut in half in weeks. We provided sanitation and hygiene education. And the sheer joy on people's faces, literally changing this to this. I mean, look at that. That's the face of influence right there. For good and for God. Do you see this? The transformation to our, it was influential to us. It was like, if you're new, this is going to sound weird, but it was like spiritual crack. To our congregation, man, people saw the difference here and something snapped. The staff turned into a snake, a living thing. We had first started this when the recession hit, and so we thought, wouldn't it be great if our you know, little church could fund three or four wells, which is the equivalent of a single Sunday's offerings. Big deal. Each well costs about $5,000. That's a pittance to us, but it's a miracle to the villages who receive one. Because the entire village comes out to construct it. They actually provide the sweat, the labor. We give the materials, and they dig down about 30 to 60 feet where the aquifer is. And when it's completed, it provides a village of 400 with clean water for 20 years. And the simplicity of that, I think, did something to us. Like, 
5,000 bucks saves 400 lives. And something snapped. And three to four wells became a living thing. And it was six wells and eight wells and 12 wells. And by the end of three weeks, you guys funded 25 clean water wells for the poorest of the poor in Christ's name. Can we hear it for that? That's an incredible, incredible thing. That is awesome. That's influence. But there was the outbreak, that's when the outbreak happened, of kind of radical generosity because people offered more than their influence. They actually let go of their income, what they owned. Stuff started happening you can't, you know, prepare for. It started when one of our biker dudes, very influential, wears all leather, right? On Monday morning, he had saved for a whole year to get a brand new custom Harley Davidson soft tail. And he went into the dealer with that $5,000 and said, I can't ride a Harley when kids are drinking mud. And he came back and he said, I'm giving this for a whole well, for a whole village. And, and I don't know if you're visiting how it is where, where you are, but in New Jersey, when a guy gives up his Harley Davidson for dirty water, that's when the Holy Spirit is shaking and baking, okay? That's how that works in New Jersey. And this fall, just a few weeks ago, boom, we had a second donation of a Harley Davidson. Check out this bad boy. It actually was given by a woman named Shelby, someone in our congregation. She caught the vision and she said, what's in my hand? And she donated her Harley and they let go of something dear to them. And so now this is the, you know, bad boy isn't going to get new chrome this Christmas. They're actually auctioning off their motorcycle with 100% to go to clean water wells in 2010. I'm like, you people are crazy. Now, why do I tell you all this? Because some of you have heard the part of this story before. This is a rewind for you. But folks, here at year's end, I feel like it is so important to look back and see where God has moved powerfully to influence the life of our church. To actually take something very simple, a bottle of water, and use it for good. If you remember this past spring, we actually gave everyone here a bottle of water similar to the one that you're holding in your hand. We've since redesigned it. We actually unveiled this at our membership event this past fall. We branded our own dirty water, so congratulations. We have our own brand of water. By now, you've probably realized it's actually just filtered water with a touch of tea, but we challenged everyone in our church to get dirty for three weeks and declared a church-wide fast. Just drink three wa- water for three weeks, only water, and give up, sacrifice, your coffee. Your soda, your teas, your sports drinks. Put whatever money you save on Starbucks, Red Bull, whatever. Put it in here. And again, God outdreamed us. On the Sunday that the dirty water, water bottles came back, they held everything from $25 of quarters that a little girl raised giving up her juicy juice for three weeks to one with a check for $25,000. This was a couple who gave up. They, they were wine drinkers. They gave up the good stuff. Let's put it that way. And it was an incredible, incredible moment because suddenly the total was $175,000 and counting. And God was making good on his promise to bring to life a very simple thing. If we will actually let go and ask him to use us. Use us for good and use us for the global glory of God. So we said, let's keep going because I think this is more than a church thing. How can we get our city, our whole community involved? And in September, we said, let's kick off the fall with a 5K rock and run for Africa. How many of you were there? You ditched church that weekend. Yeah, we called off church. Remember that? We moved from our seats. Yeah, you're like, do it again. Uh, From our seats to the streets to run for clean water. And it was an amazing moment because um, others who don't even go to our church came out for the cause. Why? It's called influence. Because when you see people rolling up their sleeves to get dirty and serve people who have no influence, with no strings attached, there's something magnetic about that. And all told, over 1,240 people across our state, they ran, they walked, 
They rolled, they strolled, they served for clean water. It was an amazing day. You guys remember? Who was here? Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. We could not believe who showed up at this thing. There was even an Elvis sighting. Catch this. One third of the people who ran had never even attended our church before. We had Christians, we had Muslims, we had seekers, we had skeptics. You don't even have to be a Christian to understand the influence, the impact. I mean, what part of your theology doesn't agree with clean water for everyone? And so people gave generously at the 5K, which we capped off with that rock concert. And now to date, as a church, together, this little church, we have donated over a quarter of $1 million to build clean water wells to the world's poorest in Christ's name. And what that means is over the next three years, because of your influence, over 60,000 lives will be saved because people were willing to do what? Get dirty and take Jesus at his word. You see how this works. Moses, what's in your hand? The more and more we have let go of our money, our income, and used our influence to serve the least and the last, God has literally changed our identity as a church, guys. We are now becoming a church with some global influence, and this is where it gets crazy, and this is the part where you're like, wait a minute, now what is the future part here? Right now, today, in churches across our nation, over 8,000 people are sitting in their church chugging a bottle of dirty water. Go ahead, take another sip. Mm, that's good. 8,000 people who are fasting between now and Christmas to bring clean water to Africa in 2010. See, in September... We were invited out to share the story of liquid water at the Granger Innovate Conference. It was in Indiana. It's a gathering of like 800 top kind of, you know, pastors and leaders and directors across the country. So we said, sure, we'll come. And we loaded up our truck with dirty water. We actually drove out. We ain't got money to fly. And we kicked off day two of the conference and shared the story of our church. And we put one of these bottles in the hand of every leader at the conference and said, you guys are innovative church leaders. Get your own organizations involved. Take, take the dirty water challenge this Christmas. Join us. And we said, it's free. We'll actually give you the water. We'll give you graphics, sermons, whatever you need. Let it go, Moses. Let it go. Just open your hands. Let it go and bring it to life. And there was this ripple effect, to say the least. That day, 17 churches signed up at the conference. And now to date, over 8,000 dirty church people in churches across America are taking the dirty water challenge between Christmas and January 2010. Can we hear it for them? That's influential. That's an amazing thing. My favorite is brand new church down in rural Arkansas. They're in Bergman. They're led by Shannon O'Dell, great pastor. They're in the middle of nowhere. He was called to this little town called South Lead Hill. This is actually the sign, population 88. When he arrived a month before, it was 91. There's one gas station, one, you know, restaurant. It's called Subway. And in Arkansas, it's incredible. It's, next, it's actually next to a place called Wiener, Arkansas, if you can imagine that. Hog farmers, okay? When he inherited the church, it was 31 people. He grew it down to 19 by God's influence. It was an amazing moment. And now today, it serves over 2,000 people. They may be rural America, but these guys are innovative they actually bought a red Hummer, jammed it with satellite equipment off of eBay, and now they broadcast to five campuses every Sunday all across Arkansas. And they reach over 2,000 people in the deep south with the gospel of grace. And so when they heard about the dirty water you know, challenge and what God was doing at Liquid, they said, we want to be part of that. We're in, man. So last weekend, I flew down to Arkansas. They gave me a truck to drive around in. Look at that. That's a Ford F-150 right there. 
And we went down and we put bottles in the hand of 2,000 hog farmers across Arkansas. And they are having every member of their church fast between Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve, five weeks, at which they're donating to clean water wells. How is that a God story? Rural Arkansas bringing clean water to rural Africa. That's the kingdom of God rapidly advancing. So understand, our influence is like rippling out across the country. Because dirty water starts with one church, and now it's rippling out to like-minded churches across the country. We actually shipped out pallets this week to Alabama, Missouri, Maryland, Kansas. If you go across our office, it looks like a war zone. It's a dump. It's terrible. It's unbelievable. It's stacked with cases to the ceiling. And it's not just limited to churches, because now we're watching it ripple out again to schools and camps. We've had teachers take the cause to their classrooms, and a whole school's gotten involved. There's a Christian camp in Detroit called Spring Hill. They actually run junior and senior high camps. And and they said, you know what? At winter camp this year, we want to show our students more than a good time. We want to show them how to be the hands and feet of Christ to a world in need. So check this out. They are giving dirty water to 5,000 senior high students at their January winter camp. Can we hear it for those kids? That's an amazing thing. That's a God thing. We're letting go. Do you see what we're doing? We're letting go of things, guys. We're letting go of what God just put in our hands, actually letting go of part of our income. And as a church, we're just, we're just doing it. <laughs> we're actually paying for the cost of the bottles and all that stuff, but the impact is exponential. I mean, 8,000 bottles. I mean, if each one just came back with $20, because $20 gives a person in Africa water for 20 years. That's literally $160,000, meaning 32 villages in Ethiopia get a brand new well by the new year. Merry Christmas. Folks, this is what it means to be part of a global body of Christ. It's about being a church of influence. It's hearing God ask the question, what do you have in your hand, and will you let it go so that I can bring it to life and impact the world far beyond your wildest dreams? So to keep up with what God's been doing uh, this fall, we launched liquidwater.com. That is a brand new nonprofit ministry to simply pass along to others what God has entrusted to us. This is kind of exciting because um, we've been getting a lot of requests from organizations across the country that want to get involved. And honestly, we see this as part of our responsibility in 2010 to kind of just steward the influence that, that with other churches so together we can resource them and serve the least and the last together. But you need to understand this, guys, because this is, this is a labor of love for us. This is an investment not in our church, but in the global body of Christ. Do you understand this? Because right now, Liquid Church pays for the overhead costs of liquidwater.com. And that's a joy to do. It's exciting. But it costs up something, doesn't it? We have to let go of our income to have influence. You're getting this. Honestly, I can't think of a better way to spend ourselves. I really can't. The, the idea of giving a cup of cold water and just letting that ripple out. See, what we're learning, guys, what we've learned, if there's one lesson over this past year that I have, like, absorbed and has changed me and internally changed the way I view the world is this. That, that to know God, to know God, I want to know God, to be blessed by him, is to defend a cause that's bigger than any one church or any given Sunday. Je- Jeremiah 22 says this. He defended the cause of the poor and needy. And so all went well. Is that not what it means to what? To know me. How would you like that on your tombstone? 
We are so excited to expand the efforts of Liquid Water in 2010. I want to tell you three things we're going to be doing and how you can get involved. This is kind of exciting. We're actually spreading out. We're taking on a couple new partners on the ground, local partners. And one of them actually specializes in finding villages where there is a local Christian church. Now, in a village of 400, maybe 15 Christians in that village. But they strategically drill the well next to the village church so they give the influence to the local pastor. They said, this clean water is from these followers of Jesus. They're giving you clean water in the name of Christ. And also, we have living water to offer to your soul. So that's part of our new kind of ministry paradigm. We're also going to be expanding our clean water wells to new countries. We're looking at the needs of impoverished villages in Central America. We're looking at Nicaragua, Honduras. I think Haiti is in there, Guatemala, El Salvador. And uh, so we may expand, actually, our influence beyond Africa to other continents. And finally, I think I'm most excited, and some of you are, you've heard a little bit of rumors about this, Uh, we are pleased to announce we are in the early stages of planning vision trips to the field for 2010, and we hope some of you will go. Go and serve and see for yourself. Uh, A lot of you have approached me about this, and and again, we're in the whiteboard stage of this, but if you are interested, just go to liquidchurch.com, because we'll be doing this through our church, and fill out the form if you're interested. If you go to our website right now, I believe we have it up here as a featured event. Take a look right there. Clean Water Trips, just click on that. Tell us a little bit about why you'd be interested in going, and we'll be in touch with some details. Folks, this is why we're asking you, honestly, to invest in our Christmas offering this year. Not just to pay for, for, for more bottles, but to ripple the influence across our nation. You can read about it, you know, in these brochures that, you know, our campus pastors have been talking about. But we are asking God for $250,000 to be given by December 31st so that we can serve more and more churches and change lives together in 2010. Liquid water isn't the only thing that this offering is for. You guys already know this. A big portion is going to provide Christmas for families who are unemployed in our church right now at this time of year. We're investing in our kids. We're investing in our reaching others for Christ here at home. But what we want to do is bless those on the other side of the world who can't pay us back at all. So, so when you give to this offering, understand part of it will go to the overhead of liquid water and resourcing other churches, other camps and schools, all that stuff, and now even businesses. Um, this is where it gets kind of funny because ri- influence, again, ripple effect, that image. You, you know how you like throw a pebble in a pond and all of a sudden it just kind of like ripples out? Um, some of you are... Using your income, you are investing your money. Others of you are using your identity. You're looking at where God has placed you, what your job is tomorrow, what he influences, he's put in your hands and saying, how can I use my influence for good and for God? I think of Andrea. Um, Some of you know Andrea. She's a young woman in our congregation in Morristown. She's the manager of Greenberry's Coffee Shop in town. And she took the dirty water challenge and decided to do something more than that. She went to the owner of Greenberries and she, she said, uh, hey, could we stock dirty water in the shop for two months? What if we put it right next to the Poland Spring in the Fiji and sell it for two bucks and we'll give them money to clean water wells? And here's the best part. Because her boss isn't even a believer. She's invited him to church, but she told him the story and he said, you know what? Even if I'm not ready to say this is a God thing, it certainly is a good thing. Yeah, we'll do it. And so they did that for four months and that money went to clean water wells. That's an amazing thing because one woman named Drea said, I'll get dirty. I'll get involved. You can be an influence at work, at school, at your business, wherever you are. See, there's this ripple effect when God's people get creative. And and this is where it gets really fun because something happened uh, a few weeks ago, a third ripple in this story that God's writing at Liquid. This is hilarious to me. You guys have heard of Avaya, right? 
This is a phone company, right? Okay. A few weeks ago, someone tells us about Avaya's extreme makeover contest. They're giving away a telecommunication system to an organization, a small business, that's in need of an extreme makeover. And if you've been to our church offices, you know we invest in people, not buildings. The place is a dump, okay? Your money does it is. It just is. Cindy's like, yeah, it's true. I see you nodding. Amen, amen, it's a dump. Um, it, it literally, we don't invest, you know, we invest in fancy buildings here, but our, our, it's stacked with jerry jugs, cases of water, very primitive. We actually talk between upstairs and downstairs through walkie-talkies. Okay, that's our telecom system. So we made a three-minute video about liquid water. You can see Lauren there on, on, on YouTube telling them about our cause. And a few weeks ago, this big RV pulls up in front of our ramshackle offices at 96 Speedwell here in Morristown, and a guy gets out with a bullhorn... And apparently we won. Check this out. Here they come. Liquid water. Are you ready for your bio communication <laughs> Our staff was pretty excited, uh, to say the least. They said, we saw your video, and Avaya wants to help bring clean water to Africa. Guys, out of 2,000 organizations across the country, they picked liquidwater.com for a telecommunications makeover. So right now, between now and Christmas, they are literally wiring our entire office with $35,000 of hardware, networking, cabling stuff for free, for free. That's, okay, let's hear it for Avaya. That, go Avaya. I don't think we can even do that. I don't, I don't want to be like, you know, just, I'm just... Guys, that's what happens when you, like, trust like Moses. When you actually let go and say, God, use it. Take this simple thing that you've put in our hands and say, God, use it for your glory and the good of the world. There's a ripple effect. It spills over. Even the secular world can't help but notice. That's the kind of movement, guys, I want to be part of. Something that's bigger than ourselves, than our little deal here in New Jersey. We want to see the love of Christ literally spill over our walls and come to life. Living water for a thirsty world. It is more than a tagline. We want to change history. Some people think that the church is a static institution. It's supposed to be an influence. Salt and light. Saying, God, what you put in our hands? Whatever it is, use us. Use it. And honestly, guys, at this point, I'll just tell you right now, um, I'll just tell you, I don't know where this is going because liquidwater.com is out of our hands. It's starting to blow up a bit, and we're simply trying to keep up with what God's doing now. Remember, when Moses opened his hands, a staff, a stick of wood, became the rod of God, a living thing. But whenever he took it up again in his hands, it died, dead. So we are trying to be very, very open-handed about this, and just stewarding the influence and simply passing it along to others for free and asking God, saying, God, we'll trust you to just multiply the impact. So my question is, how can you give the gift of influence this Christmas? I would answer that with a question. What do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? We're all holding a dirty water bottle. It's a ridiculous, (laughs) tiny little thing that God is literally using to serve the least of these, his brothers, on the other side of the world. My question is, will some of you take a risk this Christmas to actually do what Moses did? Will some of you actually lay down your income and give generously to support the work of liquid water? 
Some of you, God has given you the ability to actually invest in this God thing at this moment because you can see it's just starting out and it's got all kinds of potential. And watch God do a miracle through your money. This is an investment in eternity, okay? By December 31st, we're hoping some of you will make a significant sacrifice to invest in the work that God's going to do in the new year. Others of you, will you use your influence for the cause? Take dirty water actually to your school to your coffee shop, to sell your Harley. I don't know. Get your coworkers involved. We know there are all sorts of creative ideas that we haven't even dreamed up yet, honestly, for the cause. In fact, if you have an idea, just go to liquidwater.com. You can see on the website here, this is kind of interesting. If you go on the website, you'll see, you can see the, the Harley Davidson there that uh, you, if you want to bid on the Harley Davidson, you go ahead and you do that. Uh, or if you know somebody. But you'll also see a picture here of uh, Drea. You'll hear, you can read Shelby's story and find out about that. You'll p- see a picture here of uh, Andrea. It's coming up. And she is the one who kind of ignited this idea that we realize other people can get involved in a way that we have no idea. So if you want to bring dirty water to your business, your company, your church, whatever, just let us know. Um, in 2010, we're starting to whiteboard dreams we have of bringing dirty water to concerts across the Northeast getting the next generation involved, college campuses. We're just getting started. And finally, we hope some of you are going to do more than give in in 2010. We hope you will go. We hope you will go and leave your comfortable confines and serve because my identity was fundamentally changed this year. I'm a different person. When I saw the impact on the other side of the globe, these were not just poor Africans. These were beautiful people. These these, these, These were brothers and sisters. People like you and me, people like with hopes and dreams and families, and it's like it's one thing to give. It is another to go see it for yourself. So let us know if you have an interest in our vision trips to the field, okay, in 2010, um, because influence is contagious. Um, When I went, it was a life changer. I see the world differently now. I see God differently. I see my purpose on earth differently, my role. It's like for the rest of my life, honestly, I just want to use whatever influence that God sees fit to give me to be a voice for the voiceless to be an influence for the least and the last. Honestly, I think the most humbling moment on our trip, this was an amazing moment. We came upon this group of guys who were digging a clean water well. And it was not on our field maps. It wasn't supposed to be there. It was weird. And then we found out why they were digging it. You talk about influence. They had seen a liquid clean water well at the village on the other side of the mountain. And they saw the difference it made. And now their brothers and sisters in Africa are influencing them. This is amazing. You guys got to check this out. This is a village across the way, actually, from the hill. Take a look. They're putting a ladder down right now. They actually saw the hand-dug well at the previous village, and they took the initiative and said, we're going to dig our own. (laughs) The villagers, literally, some of the men, these are all volunteers, began pickaxing right here, and they've dug down about probably 20 feet right now. Now, the amazing thing is they've done this totally on their own initiative because they were inspired by seeing the well that we funded on the other side of the hill. That's incredible. What we're hoping to do, and I'm just moved by this. You can take a look even at the equipment they're using. They don't have any funds for it. What we can do is we can provide the liners, the concrete liners. We can provide the pump and the wellhead and finish this off for them. It's an incredible way to partner with people who have incredible initiative, a work ethic, and ownership over their own clean water, but then we just get to do the easy part. We get to provide out of our abundance what God gives us. Take a look at this. This actually, they don't even have money for a bucket, and so they actually use hand-stitched buckets to remove the earth. They actually pull up the soil and empty it out hand by hand with their homemade ladder. You guys are incredible. Can we hear for these guys? You guys are awesome. Liquid Church, let's finish their well. 
Who wants to go? Who wants to go? Anyone want to go in 2010? Yeah, awesome. Who wants to give? My hope is you will do both. Folks, the reality is that we don't need another check for another well. We already have over a dozen projects lined up for 2010. But if you want to invest your influence, give a gift to the Christmas offering to get it into the hands of other people. This Christmas, over 8,000 people across our country are getting dirty. That's amazing to me. I mean, you talk about a return on your investment. That's influence. And the ripple effect that we can have when we take God's simple question to Moses seriously, what did he ask him in Exodus? What is in your hand? Give. Go. Love. Say, God, use me. Use me. Use my income. Use my influence. And you know what? He will change your identity. He will for good and for his glory. Amen? All right. Let's pray together. Father, we are humbled. Um, Lord, I'm excited. I just don't hope this doesn't come across as arrogant. I just get excited, Lord. I get jazzed up. I'm sorry. Um, thank you so much for what you're doing. I love just seeing it and being part of your mission to ransom a world that is broken and caught in poverty and fear, and the kingdom of God is coming, and it's moving, and it's growing, Lord. The, the world is not broken. It's beautiful. It's going to get better and better, actually, Father, as you bring healing to it. Thank you for letting us be a part of that mission. Lord, I just praise you. I praise you right now for our brothers and sisters in Washa, Lord, and Tejuha, Father, all those villages. People will never meet this side of heaven, but are privileged to wash their feet. Thank you that we can be a dirty church. I pray that you will fill us full of dirty church people. And Father, we will take up the basin and the towel and serve the world in the footprint of your crucified Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.